caught. Is it inbounds? Yes! Touchdown, Titans! Jonu Smith tips it to himself. What a play! Fumbles. Ball is loose. There's a fight for it. Titan ball! Casey got it out. And Big Jeff at the bottom of the pile starts wrestling a Raven. And he wins. Welcome to the playoff edition of Titans Beat on the Say It Again Network. Alongside NFL legend Albert Hainsworth, Anna Lewis, I'm Joe Lemming. And we are here to recap an amazing finish of Week 17 where the Titans took down divisional foe, the Houston Texans, 41-38 to in dramatic fashion with an unlikely hero, and kicker Samuel Sloman kicking the game-winning field goal as time expired for the win. Yeah, that was uh, was a roller coaster, to say the least. Yeah, I didn't want them to get in a dogfight. I know if they got in a dogfight with Houston, I thought it could have turned ugly, which it almost did, but they pulled it out at the last... Last second, which was awesome. Yeah, don't don't you remember Albert saying last week to not not get in the dogfight with Houston because they're the one that's not gonna just let you win because their season doesn't matter. You heard it here first, folks. Houston was gonna put up a fight just because it was the Titans. So Deshaun Watson had a hell of a game. He was fun to watch. You really had a feeling that all game long that they were gonna get back in it at some point. Granted, yep. for most of the first half, we had, like, what, an 11-point lead? But then they'd yeah. answer right back. They'd punch right back. You're like, at some point, they're going to make a play that's going to put them on the brink of coming back and winning this game. And they had the lead. They had the lead in the fourth quarter, and the Titans drove down the field and retook it. And then the Texans tied it again with the field goal, and with 17 seconds left, that bomb to A.J. Brown put it over the top. But, I mean, it, that was a roller coaster at – one point it felt like, oh, God, it's going to be the same old Titans that just break your heart week 17. It didn't happen this time. We won the division. Yeah. The drought's over. Yeah, that was a great feeling. Like, as soon as the game was over, I went to the Titans Pro Shop and got my shirt. <laughs> I was like, who knows when this is going to happen again? Let me make sure I get it now. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a great feeling. And as, as a lifelong fan a fan that has been through so many ups and downs i know joe you're in the same boat it it was a great feeling and albert i'm sure there's a sense of pride coming from you as a former player seeing seeing these guys finally take the division back because last time we won it was your year right your last year here uh yeah 2008 yep so yeah it's it's a good feeling defenses are a little polar opposite from 2008 to to 2020 Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. Yeah, they definitely look different. I, I was hoping that we would pull like a last minute stop. I know you've been advocating for Clay Matthews for weeks. Just something to give some kind of life to that pass rush. I was hoping, you know, they'd at least get somebody else making play calls up front for the D-line. But um, I don't know. It looks like we're sticking to our guns and we're sticking with what hasn't worked all 17 weeks of this season. <laughs> And I'm uh, just going to gamble with that. So how are you guys feeling about the matchup against Baltimore? Ooh, that's going to be interesting. But I think they can beat Baltimore here at home. Um, you know you know what they got to do. They got to contain 
um, you know, Lamar Jackson and, and try to keep him off the field as much as possible or make him become a, you know, passing quarterback and make him make mistakes. Um, you know, I mean, that's pretty much what they got to do as far as on defense, offense, uh, you know, got to run, run the big dog, run them right yep. up there, so control the clock and then, you know, let, uh, no, I'm not even going to say, I was going to say, go ahead and let, uh, Tannehill be his, uh, game managing quarterback, uh, his great self, but you know, <laughs> but no, that's, that's literally what they got to do to get the keys to the win. Yeah. Now let's so, talk about Derek really quick. Hitting 2027 20, yards on the season, definitely stealing his lead as the rushing leader. I mean, that that was fun to watch. You could just see the entire team want to push him over 2K, push him. Obviously, we knew before the game even started that he took the title. He really took the title weeks ago, but um, that, that was fun, too. It was just an overall really fun game um, to watch this past weekend, and I think Derek's going to run all over Baltimore. That is my personal opinion. But, uh, Joe, Mr. Ryan Tannehill, how do you feel? So, I'm actually really, really surprised that we ran Henry so much against the Texans. Like, you knew that he was going to go in and he had an outside chance to get 2,000 yards. But you kind of felt in the back of your mind that Vrabel wouldn't let him get ran the way he did to get it. Yeah. But clearly the game game script – kind of made that happen because we fell, you know, back behind and we kept it close all game. But um, it was really unfortunate that at the one point in that entire game that Houston was beating us is when he broke it. So there was, there was a lot of Titans fans down there in in Houston and they knew it was coming after he broke that first big touchdown run. Everybody was like, Holy shit. Like he can do it. He had over 70 yards at the, after the first play of the second quarter. Like, you felt that it was going to happen. And then finally, on that play, it happened. We were losing, and everybody was just dead. Just the air was dead because we everybody thought we were going to lose. So, But it, it, it was awesome. It was super fun to watch. But um, talking about the matchup with Lamar Jackson this week, the Baltimore Ravens are firing on all cylinders right now, and Lamar Jackson's running the ball better than he has all season. And everybody knows that's when the Ravens are at their best, when he can run the ball. So it's going to be scary to see. But I think with our defense, where we get burnt the most is when a quarterback can beat us both ways. I only think that Lamar Jackson can beat us with his feet. I am not scared of his arm, even though he's been playing better. And I think we're going to sell out to stop him, and I think that's how we're going to win. I think our defense is going to show up because we've done it the last two times we played him, we've shut Lamar Jackson down from yeah. respectably for what he normally does. So um, something that the Ravens were missing last time we played was Calais Campbell. And from what I believe I saw is that Calais Campbell is back. And that's a guy that's yeah. big up the middle that they got just to stop Derrick Henry. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. <clears throat> yeah. I'm interested to see that matchup too, because again, I, I am just appalled with some of the people that cover football and their blatant disrespect for Derrick Henry. Ryan Clark was at it again this week talking about Lamar Jackson was a harder player to stop than Derrick Henry. And if you're talking like overall, I mean, yeah, Lamar has the ability to throw the ball too, but he's not very efficient with it or he hasn't been as of late. Um, Derrick to me 
even with Calais Campbell, is still very, very difficult um, to to stop because he's got his momentum now, and this is the time of year that he really shines. So I do think that they are going to their game plan is going to be the same as ours: stop the run, make them pass over, and they're going to force Ryan Tannehill to play if they can stop Derek. But if they can't stop Derek, it's it's a lock in my opinion. Um, just need the defense. We don't even need the defense to like kill it. We just need them to hold. So uh, a scary stat. And again, I know I've already, we've already touched on Lamar Jackson being hot, but four out of the last five weeks, he's finished with a passer rating of over a hundred, including 133.1 against the Jaguars. Which again, it's Jaguars, whatever. But for a guy that before that had only hit that mark three times the entire season, that's impressive. That's an impressive turnaround from what was a pretty disappointing season so far. Say that number again. His his passer rating, four out of the last five weeks. Excuse me. Yeah, four out of the past five weeks, he has had a passer rating of over 100. When before that, the only other times that he's done that is week two, three, and five. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is intimidating. And it, to me, and this is a conversation I've had um, for the past couple of weeks with people um, that are fans of different franchises, but um, specifically like some NFC ones to get a different perspective. Um, Baltimore looks the way we looked last year, in my opinion. Um, and a lot of people have affirmed that because we got hot week 13 or something. And then that momentum took us all the way to the AFC Championship. I don't think, I don't think that Baltimore has the same personnel to make that happen. They obviously don't have Derrick Henry. They don't have, I mean, they have a good defense, but um, or solid defense, but they don't have uh, necessarily the air game either to make it happen. Um, so, I, I don't know. It just looks looks the same to me. Um, and I'm nervous that because we beat Baltimore already this year, we beat them last year in the playoffs and kicked them out when they were supposed to be the best, when they had the MVP, um, they're just going to come gunning for, and it's Baltimore, it's Baltimore. So it's just another one of those. I hate Baltimore more than I hate Houston and Jacksonville. So I know they probably feel strongly about Tennessee too, up there in Maryland, um, it's not going to be easy at all. And it's going to be physical. It's going to be a fun game to watch if we can hold it together. So, Albert, what do you expect the defense to pull off? I mean, I just don't want to get into another, like, gunfight, kind of like how we did with Houston, because these guys are actually um, a little better, you know, I mean, overall, <clears throat> as far as Houston. So, I mean, they're going to have to knock them out, like, at the beginning, like, I mean, take their will away from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, you're going to um, have to put a spy on, on Lamar that's uh, shutting him down and somebody that actually could tackle him and keep him corralled because if he starts getting hot from the beginning, you know, it, it's, it could be a long day at home. I mean, yeah. Long- so who is that to you? Do either one of you guys have somebody that you would want to be the guy that's responsible for Lamar or a couple of guys? Harold Because I don't know. Yeah, that's the only person I can think of. Is who? Harold Landry. Mm. But he's one of our only effective guys off the edge, so I don't love that. 
But that's where Lamar burns you the most is off the edge. So I mean, that's true. I don't know. He's he's a hard guy to game plan for because he is so shifty, and you don't know who's going to show up. Historically, he's not good in the playoffs, but now he's he is trying to overcome that personal narrative, that individual narrative of he sucks in the postseason, which he does. And then the Ravens are probably sick and tired of being beat by the Titans. I don't know. It just. I told um, my boyfriend, I was like, this game is really super poetic, but not for the Titans. It is. It would be a poetic game if you were a Baltimore Ravens fan, and I don't like it. Did you guys oh, happen to see who the officials are this weekend? I did not. Jerome Boger. The first time he's officiated in a playoff game since, you guessed it, last time I think he coached, not coached, went up against the Ravens. And they won and went to the AFC Championship, I believe. And they call a league-wide high holding calls. So in a game with hunt, uh, run-heavy teams, I think we're going to see a lot of holding calls get called this weekend. It's annoying. They're stacking it against us before it even starts. I don't actually believe that. But that does suck. I didn't see that. Who was who, the rest? I might be butchering his name, but I believe it's Jerome Boger. Is, is that? I think it's correct. And they're actually rated as the worst crew in the league. So I don't understand how a crew like how that they get a playoff, a playoff game. game. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and with right, and with that game, that game against Green Bay is still like so fresh to me. And the way some of the calls went in that win, I I don't know. I'm just not prepared for another bad officiating crew. So. Hopefully they're not absolute trash. Maybe they'll get it together for this one game, which we all know is not going to happen. But, yeah, that's really unfortunate. I think uh, – what do you guys think about the Ravens' defense matching up against Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill? Something I want to give Ryan Tannehill a lot of credit for, and uh, I, I do this more than people give me credit for. Ryan Tannehill is a dual threat himself. He, he's fast. And I love when he just pops off on little runs. Like, he's fun to watch when he's doing that. He just scares the shit out of me because I'm afraid he's going to get hit the wrong way. Because um, he doesn't... He's fast, but he doesn't necessarily look athletic when he's running. So, he just looks like he could break him if you hit him. Which I know is a shitty thing to say, but... He runs well, really weird. What was that that one game I thought was funny as hell? Uh, when he broke that long run... Which which game is that? I can't remember Packers. which game. Green Bay. Oh my god! I mean, it was just like, holy shit! They're chasing me! They're chasing me! Chasing me! I better go! I better go! <laughs> <laughs> the way it looked like when he was running, I mean, I was like, it was like, holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! I better go! I better go! I better go! <laughs> it, it looked it looked hilarious the way he runs, but, but I mean, hey, he, if he gets the job done. Yeah, he runs smart though. He's not gonna like. He's not gonna like take unnecessary hits and, and he only he only runs like really I think kind of when it's necessary yeah. and everybody's biting on uh Derek Derek. Green, so you know then he'll like boot or whatever so that's when he's he's really doing good I think which is which is yeah. great great for him puts him yeah, a little yeah. above manager <laughs> well and it's a great contrast from Marcus Mariota that we got so used to. He would just run all the time, uh, even when it was incredibly unnecessary. And that's 
probably why we see him banged up still today. Um, so I do do think Ryan Tannehill has had a long career for a reason. He's not stupid, but um, I don't know. He's I'm not. I'm not making any friends with Titans fans right now. I know this, but he makes me nervous in the playoffs because last year Derrick Henry had to run for what over 200 in one of the games, almost 200 in another one, if not over, I can't remember. And then the one game against the chiefs that they shut him down, Ryan Tannehill didn't perform. And I don't think he's a great, this year he's looked better under pressure but, again, you can't replicate playoff pressure until you get there. Um, and I think maybe he gets in his own head or something. But when it push came to shove last year and we needed him to perform to push us to the Super Bowl, he couldn't do it. Um, there were some other breakdowns there. But last year, you can't blame the defense. That defense was really good. Um, they just got lit up by a, an excellent offense. But um, I don't know. I am very apprehensive to see what happens if Baltimore is able to shut Derek down because then Ryan has to play and we haven't seen him really push uh, past that point of, um, of good when push comes to shove, in my opinion. To be fair though, when we played new England and when we played the Patriots, I mean the, the Ravens, excuse me, last year, we ran Derek so heavy because they couldn't stop him. Oh, I so, know. I think that was just a coaching thing. Because when you needed him to make a play, and more so in the Ravens game, like the the pass to Janu over the shoulder in the end zone, the the butt cheek touchdown, and yeah. the bomb to Khalif Raymond. I mean, he was spot on. They just didn't need him to throw it. And, yeah, and- but he as many spot on throws as he has, he has a lot that are easy interceptions, and people just don't capitalize on them. So that's where he makes me nervous is when you're playing teams, when you get to the playoffs, everybody's playing a little bit harder, uh, whether they want to admit it or not. Um, Everybody wants to win. And you have guys doing a little bit extra to make big plays. And I think some of his passes are easy interceptions, um, especially when he gets pressure. And our, our offensive line is incredibly unhealthy right now. Um, so there's there's a lot of defensive lines that can't wait to eat against that. I, I know that if I were a defensive coordinator playing the Titans, I would be really excited because, in my opinion, all you have to do is put eight people in the box, maybe nine sometimes, but probably just eight. Um, stop Derrick Henry enough that your offense can get ahead, and then it's just easy pressure because – Our offensive line, while they've looked solid, and obviously they got a 2,000-yard rusher this season, they, on on Sunday, I didn't like the way they looked overall. You still, I mean, they'll have to get more than just the, like, uh, the Ravens have to get more than just a touchdown ahead for for them to stop running Derrick here. And, I mean, the way that... You look at their offense and, and watching the Titans offense, uh, you get you get down maybe two touchdowns. They get down maybe two touchdowns. They might start passing a little bit more, but they, they rely heavy on on uh, on Henry. I mean super heavy. It's like a lot more than I, I thought. Uh, I mean, as I break down all the games, I remember like I mean they it don't matter if they're down, you know, you know, ten, fourteen or 
17 points, you still see him run the ball. I mean, yeah. which I find is, is nuts. But, I mean, that's when, you know, they rely, you know, so heavy on uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, and to me, that's that shows that the staff trusts him more than they trust their passing game. It's not necessarily all Ryan Tannehill that's your receivers, too, but um, I, I've noticed that, too. And when you get to the end of the third quarter or going into the fourth quarter, you're still down. Four- I mean, that Packers game, we ran him all the way through the end. And uh, there wasn't any coming back in that game, and I guess maybe that's why you do it, but I don't know. Yeah. Like They just they keep doing it. I mean, they literally rely on him, thinking that he's going to bring them back. And I guess that is probably why I don't think Ryan Tannehill is elite. Because if Aaron Rodgers was sitting in that position and you had, I mean, I know people try to say Aaron Jones is as good as Derrick Henry, but we know that's not true. But if you had Derrick Henry and Aaron Rodgers together and Derrick's not working, you know you can put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands and he's going to perform. Same with Patrick Mahomes. Same with prime Tom Brady. Um, guys that I put up there as the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think there's a lot of young quarterbacks that show that promise too. Ryan Tannehill hasn't necessarily been given that trust to go. It's not just one play. It's more than that. You have to be able to depend on your quarterback if he's elite to make several plays in a row. Um, and I don't know. He has he has a couple really incredible plays that I can't argue against, and I'm not going to take that credit away from him. But the, I guess the reason I don't think he's – as great as other Titans fans thinks he think he is, is because they don't game plan for it to be a passing game ever. Can we just agree that there's a level in between game manager and elite? Sure. I I, I will settle the debate there, and I will say okay. that he's not elite, but he's better than a game manager. Because he's okay. put up 40 total touchdowns this season. I, I agree with everything that you just said that Ryan Tannehill is not going to have the same effect on a defense as Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. It would be asinine for, I think, anybody to try to make that argument because it's just the furthest from the truth. So if we can agree on that, I think I'll, I'll end the debate. I will accept defeat if we can say that he's better than a game manager but not a lead. And please know whenever I go on those rants, it is not aimed at you. <laughs> I, I'm the only I one here to defend it, though. on Twitter regularly, so... <laughs> but, no, I mean, I I feel like, again, and this is just, I guess, my from the people I've been around and the terms that I have used, game manager is not an insult. Every quarterback is a game manager to an extent because it's their job, but game manager is somebody that you're not going to depend on to come back from 14, 17 point deficits. If you're having to run the ball because you don't trust your quarterback to make the plays necessary, then you don't have an elite quarterback, but I'll, I'll take what you said. We'll, we'll put it to bed. We'll walk into these playoffs hand in hand, not not debating Ryan Tannehill as a game manager anymore. (laughs) So I didn't, I didn't realize this, um, but Last time we played the Ravens, Ty Sombrello was our left tackle. And I didn't really pay attention this week, or really even in recent weeks, to who we had playing left tackle. But it looks like we played Quisenberry, who is a national yeah. guard at left tackle. And I remember last time we played the Ravens, Yannick Nagakwe feasted off the left side of our line. And now Roger Saffold 
is potentially not going to be available. And if he's not ready, what do you do? I don't know. I hate it. I hate the situation we are in with our offensive line because, yes, you need depth. Like, when you're starting the season, you're like, of course we need depth at every position. But the amount of depth that it would have required for us to be healthy and have a healthy, solid offensive line going into the postseason is absolutely ridiculous. Um, what Have you heard any rumblings about uh, Roger or... Yeah, they, they said he, I think I saw Jim Wyatt report, or it might have been uh, Teron saying that he's going to be an outside shot to play. It, it was an ankle injury, so, I mean, they might tape him up heavy and give him a, a good shot before the game, but, man, that, that that's scary. That, that's a weak, weak left side of the line if he can't play. Yeah, and really, with, with a situation like that, if you, what I would do, and what I kind of hope they do, because... At the end of the day, like, yes, the outcome of the game matters <laughs> a lot, but you don't want somebody to really mess up and end their career because of, you know, they shouldn't have been playing anyway. So I always, I, I err on the side of caution with injuries um, because it does have, has effects on, you know, future seasons, but also has effects on, like, these people are, they're real people. Like, we're sitting here on a podcast with a former player who's very much affected by the injuries he had in his career. So and if you talk to any former player, they, they have aches and pains probably at a much higher rate and a lot earlier than you and I would ever have. So for that, I mean, I would maybe have him ready if he feels ready, but see how somebody else looks in there first. That's what I would do because if you feel like two weeks off for him is enough for him to be solid, not necessarily great, but good enough to feel comfortable himself walking out there without shooting him up with crazy painkillers, then I think that's what you do. But, um, no, I, I hate that situation. It's terrible timing. And I love Roger Staffold. Um, he was a great addition. And, I mean, he went to the Super Bowl with the Rams. So, um, he he's another... Offensive line is really fun to watch, but if you don't know what's happening, you're probably confused as hell. Um, he's somebody that's really fun to watch on the offensive line because he's very dynamic. So when you take away his ankle, he's not nearly as dynamic as what he is healthy. So, Albert, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I know we were just talking about Roger Saffold being questionable um, and really not even questionable, like kind of a long shot. Uh, what exactly? No, you said ankle or did. What's the what's the injury? You well, as always, Rabel's super tight lipped. I just know I he got rolled I got rolled up a little bit on one of the Derrick Henry runs toward you know towards the end of the the game on Sunday. Is, and he's is, been struggling for a few it, weeks with it. Is it a uh, high ankle sprain or just an ankle? They just said just an ankle, but it was severe enough for him not to return to the game on Sunday. Uh, at what point? When we were losing. Uh, okay. Um, did he practice any this week? Probably not. Um, did they practice? Today would have been their first day of practice, so I don't know. I can look I that think up. They gave, I think they gave him the day off because I never even saw an injury report, so I think they got to rest today. The whole team or him? I think the whole team because, I, I, again, I didn't see 
even with the slightest injury report come out. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I haven't seen anything either. I was about to go look at Tehran's Instagram or Twitter, um, but just from browsing, no, I haven't seen anything. And so he, maybe that's a good been, thing. In the weeks prior, he's actually sat out until like I think Thursday or Friday, just because he has had nagging injuries all season long. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, uh, with that, he'll probably probably sit out for the for the week. And do a bunch of rehab and things like that, um, you know. And uh, if he feels like he can go, then he'll go. They'll probably give him some like tortol or something like that. But uh, if he, if he, uh, I mean, if they don't think so, then they're not gonna give him anything. He's just gonna sit. So it just yeah, kind of depends on almost how he feels because. Uh, I play like that. They don't. They don't necessarily always force you on the field, field or anything. Well, I mean, uh, when I was at the organization, they didn't really force you on the field or anything like that. Um, I, uh, I think was the. I want to say it was maybe my last year here. I tore my hamstring like early in the season, maybe like five or six, you know, something like that, or seven, week seven, um, and. Uh, I didn't practice at all. Um, well, I sat out like three games, I think. Um, and then I didn't practice at all when I came back. So I was uh, always, um, you know, just on the sideline watching practice. And then I would play. And then and then uh, I would go back, you know, after the game, I'd go back and do rehab all that week and then go out and play. So. That's not uncommon. Uh, is he an older guy, or younger guy? Uh, I mean, he, he's a veteran. Late? I mean, I'm not gonna say he's older. Hold on, I, mean, I think he's late twenties, maybe thirty-one, thirty-two. Oh, so he's like probably like year six, seven. Yeah, you said he's thirty-two. Yep. Okay, yeah, so. so he's not young, but he's not old. <laughs> oh no, no, I mean like old. I mean an older. Right, right. Guy. So like, yeah, he could. He can do that. He knows what the game, how the game speed is and things like that. So I wouldn't be a, super alarmed that if he doesn't practice any of this week, and he's okay. just, you know, dress out. Wouldn't it have been great if we drafted a guy that could play right tackle so, you know, <laughs> Kelly could swing over to left tackle? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah. You know what I think about we this? We not even... You know, I think I, I, honestly, I don't think they probably need to release that kid. You know, they need to cut him. I mean, I just don't think he gets it. Like, I no. literally don't think he gets it. Like, I mean, I made mistakes in my day, but geez, not like anything close to this guy. I mean, this guy the, the timeline is ridiculous, too. It's like all but in four months. Yeah, did I y'all mean, see like, again this morning? He he got he, another video surfaced him partying last night. Yeah, he he don't really Stop care. It. Thing is, like free money, which he's an idiot because you get handed this job. I mean, I understand you're young, you can make mistakes, but at this point, you you really just don't give a damn. I mean, I mean, you think that little money that you got for <clears throat> being a first rounder is gonna last you long? I mean, it looks like the way he parties is probably going to be gone you know, soon anyway. I mean, he's literally a dumbass. 
Oh. Yeah, I I've been shocked because I thought surely, especially with some of the people we have in that offensive line room, you got some really solid. Like Taylor Lewan is a wild dude. Like has a crazy personality. But when it comes to football, like you gotta do what you gotta do to make sure you're on the field. And I think he's probably one of those people that understands that more than anything. So you want to hope that um, him or Roger or somebody like that has been in his ear, and I'm sure they have, but nothing is clicking. He probably feels so disconnected from the team at this point that he doesn't care at all. So he doesn't care about anybody on the team, in the organization. He has no regard for like the responsibility he was given with that first-round draft pick money. Um, he's gonna His career is going to be very short-lived, and you hate to see it because – He's got the size. He's got the talent to be really good. And I was excited to see how he looked. Probably not this year, but next year. Um, Back in September, I still was holding out some hope. But these last few shenanigans, it's like, come come on, dude. Like, especially in the age of social media, you can't do anything without it being seen. So I I hate it. Like, you have to release him because at this point, he's toxic in that locker room. And I, I know that's what I would do from, like, a management or coaching perspective. But, like, I don't – Albert, what would you – how would you have handled a teammate that, you know, came on, was drafted early, young dude. He, you know, has a – I think his first thing was, what, a DUI back in the summer? Or, no, no he was caught was at TSU party. partying. Yeah. yeah. So, you get caught at TSU partying during a pandemic. What What's the conversation you have with him? <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I don't know because this is this year is different. To be honest, it is. So, if you take away, I guess, I guess what you have to do is somewhat take away these pandemic rules of like, you know, of partying and things like that. Like, I mean, these guys are gonna go out and party. They they're going to. I mean, I get yeah. it get it like you're still he's still locked up in the house say 99 percent of the time and then he goes out and parties one time and then gets caught on video you know or whatever or, or jumping out the window or whatever so uh, it's kind of hard i mean but i mean he just I don't know. He's just doing some dumb stuff. I mean, there's got to be some type of curfew. Like, I don't know how it's going now. Everything's really changed since since I've played. Like, you know, normally Tuesday was our day off. Now guys come in on Tuesday, which is kind of weird and, and dumb to me. But, uh, um, you know, I mean, it's just different. I don't, I don't know exactly yeah. what, they, or what you could say. I mean, I don't know. Uh I guess give him some warnings. I don't know. Talk to his agent. I don't know. He, he got to see whoever his uh, mentor is and, and have him really talk to him. I don't think it's going to be somebody necessarily on the team because he hasn't really. I mean, what is he Built those played? relationships. Yeah, he only played four plays, so he doesn't really have anybody. And there's nobody like him <clears throat> on the team that he probably can relate to <clears throat> on the offensive line. So, Albert did say something earlier, though, about Wilson being smart with his rookie money. And here at Titans Beat, we want you guys to be smart with your money, too. 
So what we've done for you guys if we is we've partnered with Tennessee Tickets for the playoffs to save you money on your playoff tickets. So anytime you go to Tennessee Tickets for this playoff game this weekend, make sure to use our promo code BEAT25. That's B-E-A-T-2-5, and it will get you $25 off of your purchase. That way you get the best price on your playoff tickets on the resale market verified by Tennessee Tickets with a money-back guarantee. But moving that forward. Was the, or you that was such an aggressive plug. Or, or you could be a dumbass like the, a rookie and, and not use the, the promo code and, and, and use us for the $25 off. So you better be smart true. with your money. True, true. Um, so also what's crazy is like I've, somebody, I was telling somebody about this. They're like, why wouldn't I just use Ticketmaster? Like Ticketmaster isn't giving you $25 off. Like nobody's giving you $25 off except Tennessee tickets. And you're supporting a local business, which is also cool. So um, in a year, well, I guess following a year of a pandemic where a lot of small businesses struggled, it's always good to give back and support a local business here in the Tennessee area. So um, definitely, definitely do that. I know I will be, so you guys do it too. But do we want to give closing thoughts on this uh, playoff picture, kind of who who's matching up against who and what our potential outcomes are if we win on Sunday? If we win on Sunday, in an ideal world, you want to see the Indianapolis Colts win this week against the Bills. Because if the Indianapolis Colts win this week against the Bills, that guarantees we don't have to go to Arrowhead. Or if any team that's a wild card, uh, not a wild card, yeah, a wild card, excuse me, wins, they have to go play KC. If all of the divisional winners win, we're going to, to KC for the divisional round. But I want to see the Colts beat the Bills and take on the Chiefs next week, and that would move us on to play either Pittsburgh or Cleveland. Wait, did they, did, did, is the first and second seed don't have a bye? Only the first seed it's, has a bye now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so now the way they're doing it, there's three wild card games, and whoever the lowest-seeded team is going into the divisional games, that's who goes and plays the first seed. Wow. They just added another team, but... But yeah, I uh, I never thought I'd be saying this, but I am pulling for Indianapolis on Saturday because <laughs> I would, like you said earlier when we were off air, Joe, um, the Colts to me are one of the only defenses in the league that I think could slow down Patrick Mahomes. So you give them the opportunity to do that. Hell, let them win. Let us win. Make it to the AFC Championship again. I would love to see Indianapolis again. I think that'd be fun. And as far as hosting, how does that work? Like, would since we're the higher seed, would we host that game? Yep. Oh shit, that's yeah, pretty it's, cool. It's against the Colts, yeah. We'd host that. That's game. awesome. Well, I mean, if I, I mean, was... oh, go ahead, go ahead, Anna. Oh, I was just say the odds are like crazy on that. Like, it's for it to be Tennessee, Indianapolis the AFC Championship. Like, I don't see it happening, but it is possible, and it would be cool to host that game in Nashville and hopefully tear them up. Yeah. For, what, first and foremost, got to take care of business on, on Sunday. If we don't take care yes. of business on Sunday, all that is just a pipe dream, <laughs> to be honest. Yep. So we got to, uh, I mean, got to shut down Lamar Jackson. That's, the, that's, that's a lot of the team. Um, 
you know, we're going to have to run the ball efficiently. You have to keep him off the field, uh, keep Lamar Jackson off the field. And as long as we do that, control the clock and get up ahead early, I think we'll be okay. And then next week we can worry about who and what and everything. I don't think we really want to play Buffalo, though, to be honest. Uh-uh. I don't think we no, want to play Buffalo. Hot. I don't think we want to play Kansas City. I mean, nope. That, those, those are the two teams I don't want to see. Yeah, those are that's definitely two teams you don't want to see. So uh, as long as they take care of business, then – Everybody else take care of their business, and then we'll see what happens. But yeah, we got to stop them on. Uh, we got to slow down Lamar Jackson, and we got to score a lot of points, running or passing, with our above average quarterback. I have this. Uh, I, like <laughs> I have this weird feeling, and maybe it's just hope, <laughs> but I just have it in my heart that our defensive line is going to be able to slow down their run game because J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson have both been really effective. And if we do throw Harold Landry out on a spy on Lamar and then is Roberson coming back? I know he's been out the past few weeks. Do you know, Joe, or have you heard anything? I'm trying to remember. Is is it with an illness or is he actually hurt? Did something, I I don't remember. It's his hamstring, I think. Because I remember he didn't get ruled out until late last week. I think he got ruled out on Saturday. And I think that they were really holding him out for playoffs because, hey, his first two sacks last year were against Drew Brees. So, I mean, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of fire. He's fun to watch. So, if you have Harold Landry on Lamar and then Roberson's healthy and he can play, I think that gives you enough exterior edge. It's the most edge we're going to get, if we're being real. And then you just let Jeff and Tart and – and Daquan and all those guys plugging up the middle, they can't go anywhere. And the, their passing is inefficient enough that I trust that Kevin Byard or Kenny Vaccaro or Malcolm Butler will be able to get a couple turnovers. We'll see. But Their wide receivers have, aren't that deep. No. No. And you have Hollywood Brown running his mouth all year and then dropping the ball every time he gets thrown to him. So I'm not really worried about him. Also, shout, <laughs> shout out David Long. He had a great game on Sunday. He I did. I don't think they can just. Uh, I think they gotta kind of not bring the house, but they gotta they gotta bring pressure. Yeah. And have have a guy uh, spying over top. This and, is a game that you can bring more people than you would normally because their passing is not good. Right. Right. So we'll see, but hopefully, you know, our lack of I guess we don't have a defensive coordinator to even talk shit about, but hopefully the defensive staff knows knows enough and knows more than we do <laughs> so they can actually take care of this because I'm nervous for Sunday, but uh, it's mostly because it's the Ravens and our defense sucks. So <laughs> that makes for a good game. So You're right. <laughs> well, we can wrap this up. Don't forget if you are in Nashville, even if you're not in Nashville, you're listening to our podcast and you, you just have this wild hair that you want to come down for the, game, which you should. Don't forget to use our promo code, BEAT25 at TennesseeTickets.com. They're, they're our friends. If you're listening to our podcast, you're our friend. So go make friends with our friend, save a little bit of money, and uh, tighten up. Tighten up. Have a good evening.